you are locked into Locked on Badgers on a Monday and a big victory Monday over the weekend. Wisconsin football, Wisconsin basketball going 2-0. The Packers actually also winning too. So that crazy Wisconsin sports day on Saturday went really, really, really well if you are from the state of Wisconsin and, in fact, a Badger State sports fan. My name is Asher Lowe, and I'm the site editor at Badgers Wire, a play-by-play broadcaster for Badger Sports. Most importantly, of course, I'm your host right here on the Locked On Badgers podcast, bringing you the inside student perspective filled with stats, special guests, and all things Wisconsin sports. Listen and follow for free on Apple, Google, Spotify. Make sure you hit that follow button on Spotify. Leave a review on Apple if you can. Drop a review at the bottom. Huge show, obviously, because there's a ton to get to. Wisconsin-Minnesota, we're going to start with the battle for the axe. Then we'll get to Jack Cohn deciding to transfer, all that stuff. We'll talk about the bowl game for a sec. Wisconsin does have a bowl game. We'll get to what that is and where it is and who it's against later in the show. And if I think whether or not that bowl game means anything, uh, stay tuned for that because I've seen some people already saying they shouldn't play it. It's a joke. Don't play that game, whatever. Uh, I'll get to that in a bit. And then, of course, finishing with the Badger basketball win over Louisville at the end. But we'll start with the Axe after a quick message from Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the game. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the code LOCKEDON, all caps, no spaces, LOCKEDON for $20 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Wisconsin takes the Axe. Wisconsin finally gets a win Wisconsin's football season ends on the right note. For now, there's a bowl game coming up, but this really feels like the last really big result for Wisconsin, and it comes as a W, 20-17 in overtime over Minnesota, the 18th win in 19 years for Wisconsin football over Minnesota. Paul Bunyan's axe is in its rightful place. There were, just to give an idea of what this game means, right, there were you go on Twitter and you saw Jonathan Taylor. There were former Badgers all over the place. Vince Beagle, uh, guys chiming in about taking the axe, keeping the axe during the game. Then you had future Badgers. Marcus Allen, a wide receiver in the 2021 class who we had on this show last week. Deacon Paya Hill. Uh, certain other guys in that 21 class really excited that Wisconsin was able to keep the axe. It's a family affair when Wisconsin and Minnesota get together. If you are a Badger fan, you understand what this game's about. And above all, we're going to get into the game, but Wisconsin got a win. Wisconsin keeps the axe. That's what matter matters above all. That's what matters. Paul Bunyan's axe stays in Madison. So how did they do it? This was the definition of a team win. This was the definition of a game where you can look at 10 guys on this roster and say, he deserves a game ball. And I'm going to start right with Garrett Groshek. 24 carries, 154 yards, the 39-yard TD, the longest run uh, of his career, and it came as a touchdown run. But a ton of credit, along with Derek Groshek, the senior back, with Jalen Berger out, he stepped up. But a ton of credit to the offensive line because when you watch some of those runs back for Groshek, I mean, I could run. Not I couldn't I couldn't run for a 39-yard touchdown, but I could probably get five to six yards with some of the holes Garrett Groshek had. I mean, it was wide open. Wisconsin dominated this game for the most part, for the most part, up front. Absolutely dominated it up front on the offensive side of the football. Minnesota responded with basically the same thing on the other side of the ball. Mo Ibrahim has been doing it all year as a running back in this Big Ten Conference, just gashing defenses across this conference. Did that to Wisconsin and Jim Leonard. 26 carries, 151 yards. So it was really a game that was one on the ground in the end for Wisconsin, no doubt. And Minnesota hung around on the ground 
against the Badgers. Both these teams we thought were going to run well, right? Minnesota's run defense has been notoriously terrible this year. Minnesota's run game has been very, very good with Ibrahim breaking out this season. So that was expected, and that's what we got. What was unexpected to me was Jack Dunn having a career day. Seven catches, 76 yards, and a huge TD on third and goal that, yes, it was Chase Wolf to Jack Dunn. If you thought at the beginning of the year that I would be saying in the battle for the axe, the biggest touchdown for Wisconsin came on third and goal from Chase Wolf, who was the third string quarterback at the start of the year, to Jack Dunn, who people thought would see the field but definitely didn't feature as one of the main guys at receiver. You would have thought I was absolutely nuts. But that's 2020. That is COVID. That's the COVID season. And that's what's needed to win a Big Ten game right now with everything going on. The defensive side of the ball. Jim Leonard's defense doing what they do, winning the game for Wisconsin in overtime with a three and out. And we're going to get to some other individual plays, but just to shout out more guys that I think deserve a game ball in this game. Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn. The linebackers were absolutely everywhere. Uh, Leo led the team with 13 total tackles. He was all over the place. Jack Sanborn was phenomenal. Two pass breakups. And Jim Leonard, you can really tell just how well he prepared those guys to be in the right position. Uh, it was it was a masterclass from them for most of the day. It was it was being in the right place at the right time, and then it was finishing. It was making a play. Noah Burks made a huge play in overtime to break up a pass on third and three and get Wisconsin off the field with what ended up being zero points after a missed field goal and effectively ended the game right there. So the defense was overall solid. Once again, Minnesota ran the ball well. I was expecting that, and Wisconsin's offense, once again, for the most part, did struggle throwing the football. Graham Mertz took care of the ball, which which was a big step forward, right? Didn't put it on the ground a bunch. His accuracy still wasn't there, you know, and they, they had talked in, they being Wisconsin's coaches and the team had talked in preparation for this game saying, you know, they were going to give him just a couple reads, right? A couple reads. They talked after the game about this, just giving him a couple reads, two reads, and that's what he's going through. And so if you wonder why he's locked in sometimes, that's why. And it looks like that sometimes. It looks like he locks in on someone. We've seen this before the last few weeks. Locks in. If that isn't there, he's out of options. And he's done. And there was some of that. There was some of that. Chase Wolf came in and made a huge play on third and goal, scrambling to his left, throwing across his body with his right arm, finding Jack Dunn. But if you want to find someone in this specific game, if you want to find something to nitpick for Wisconsin, it's pretty clearly the offensive play calling. I'm going to point to two in particular, and I know you remember them if you watch this game. The second one, the second one could be the worst play call I've seen ever, quite literally ever. And when I lay it out to you, you'll know why. You probably already know what it is by me just saying that. The first one, third and seven. All right, let me set the scene here. Third and seven in the first quarter. Third and seven. Tie game. Early. What do you do on third and seven on Minnesota's side of the field? It was around the Minnesota 40, Wisconsin driving. They give the ball to Julius Davis, a running back who had never touched the football. And don't get me wrong, it's not Davis's fault. He shouldn't be having his first career collegiate touch on third and seven uh, in a tie game at the beginning of the game. First ever touch on third and seven in Minnesota territory. Picked up a yard. I mean, come on. It's the kind of stuff people have been calling for when they say, they don't want Joe Rudolph calling plays. Wisconsin's offensive coordinator, who does, who does great things elsewhere, right? Does a tremendous job with this offensive line, and was it was on display again. 
against Minnesota. The offensive line was phenomenal, as I already talked about at the top. But there's a reason that people have been calling for Joe Rudolph to give up play-calling duties. Wisconsin's OC, give that back to Paul Christ. You know, demote Joe Rudolph, find an offensive coordinator, find someone that is going to call a game better. And this second one is as inexcusable as... See, the third and seven, here's where I could understand it. If you're 100% going forward on fourth down, which Wisconsin didn't, they punted. But if you're thinking, okay, four downs here for sure, then okay. I mean, pick up three or four there and go for it. I get that, I guess. But first career touch? Really? In that moment? This one is way more head-scratching, though, the one I'm about to get to. I'm sure you already know what it is, but when I lay it out this way, it sounds even more nuts. Wisconsin's in a tie game at 17 with 4.36 left in the football game. They have the ball at Minnesota's 40. How did they get to Minnesota's 40, you might be wondering. The last two plays for Wisconsin went for 19 yards combined. Both the same play, handing the ball off to Garrett Groshek, letting the, the dogs eat up front, and having Garrett Groshek do what he did all day, run the football effectively. A 9-yard run, then a 10-yard run. On 1st and 10, from the Minnesota 40, with 4.36 left. So even if... I Okay, I, I don't even... There's so many levels to this of why it's horrendous. But if it's an incomplete pass, by the way, the clock stops. You don't want the clock to stop. You want that clock moving. You want to score with as little time left as possible. You need 10 more yards at least, right? But you want to score with as little time on the clock as possible. So, Chase Wolf is in the game because Graham Mertz had to go out. As you guys saw, Graham Mertz was injured, had an upper body injury, seemed fine at the end of the game, was on the sidelines cheering on his teammates. No real worries for him so far that I've heard about him not being able to go against Wake Forest in the bowl game that I'll talk about in a sec. But what does Joe Rudolph dial up? Chase Wolf, who has never thrown before this game, has never thrown a truly meaningful pass for Wisconsin. Ever. Throwing one to the end zone to Devin Chandler, who is also an extremely inexperienced wide receiver. We really saw his initial coming out party a week ago against Iowa. Chase Wolf to Devin Chandler, and it ends up as an interception on first and 10 from the Minnesota 40 with Garrett Groshek on your team. That, that's my only rant-worthy type of thing about this game because that was inexcusable. And Wisconsin won the game in overtime. Colin Larsh, shout out, had a 30-yard kick to win it. And guess what Wisconsin did in overtime, by the way? Five straight handoffs to Garrett Groshek, 30-yard kick, good game. Credit the defense, obviously, for the three and out, but five straight handoffs to Groshek, 30-yard field goal for Larsh, good game, axes in Madison. Talking bowl game and talking Jack Cohn in just a sec, but know that today's episode is brought to you by Coors Light, the beer that is made to chill. When you are hanging out on your couch this weekend watching some football, if you're watching the NBA start up, the Bucks starting up, Giannis going for that MVP once again, the Bucks trying to make something happen as Giannis resigns. NBA starts on Tuesday, you got... College football coming this weekend. Bowl season is upon us. It's a great time to be a sports fan, as it has been the last few months, honestly. It's been awesome. Have a Coors Light in your hand. Go to get.coorslight.com. Have a beer that is as cold as the Rockies, brewed in Golden, Colorado at Coors Brewing Company. The beer that is made to chill, and you'll deliver it directly to your house. Get.coorslight.com. Deliver it to your house. Never leave that couch and enjoy a fantastic weekend of sports. Make sure you celebrate responsibly, because there's a lot of celebrating to do with those three Wisconsin wins this past weekend. 
And with so much sports on TV, with the NBA, college football, bowl season, all of that stuff going on, there's only one place that has you covered for betting, and that is betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus to bet on NFL Game of the Week, college football, everything that's going on, NBA starting tomorrow, Lakers, Clippers, the Bucks starting up on Wednesday against the Celtics. You can bet on all of it at betonline.ag. Use the code LOCKEDON, 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action Get that bonus with your first deposit. And make sure you also check out Locked On Bets, which is the new Locked On betting show, because this is not to be a guessing game. Locked On Bets has you covered for all of your gambling questions and for all of the winning picks that you want. Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, Locked On Bets delivers all the winners that you want. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Make sure you use that code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. So let's talk a little Jack Cohn and let's talk Wisconsin in a bowl game. Jack Cohn, the news, if you haven't heard it yet, Jack Cohn is transferring. It's officially in the transfer portal and he is not intending to stay whatsoever. Jack Cohn is leaving Wisconsin. It's not a surprising move. It's something I think we all saw coming. It's something I've been talking about on the podcast a little bit over the last few months. This is a real possibility right after the injury and the way it all went for Jack Cohn to leave and leaving on great terms, right? Leaving with a team that loves him, a coaching staff that loves him and leaving as someone that loves the Badgers, Jack Cohn being that person uh, that loves Wisconsin, loved his time at Wisconsin. And it was all good things. Everything that came out after Jack Cohn made that decision was all positive. This guy was the best Wisconsin quarterback since Russell Wilson. And that may say more about, Wisconsin quarterback since Russell Wilson than Jack Cohn, but Jack Cohn was pretty damn good. 18 starts at quarterback, 68% of his passes completed, over 3,200 yards, 23 touchdowns to eight INTs. A guy that really took care of the ball well was a player that really matured from that sophomore season we saw him to the junior year uh, we saw him in and I thought was going to take a big step forward in his senior year. And obviously the foot injury before the season started, that all came crashing down. But he's got a great opportunity in front of him. Power 5 schools are going to be knocking down his door to get to him. And he's going to land at a really good place. It could be at a Big Ten school. I mentioned this a little bit ago. Could it be at Rutgers, a place that recruited him and a place that is close to his hometown in New York? Could it be at Penn State? They had huge QB issues this year with Sean Clifford and Will Levis and trying to find a quarterback there. Could it be at uh, a Northwestern, right, with Peyton Ramsey? If he doesn't come back and take that extra year of eligibility... Is Jack Cohn uh, the next guy to come write his redemption story for Northwestern? There's many options for him in the Big Ten. There's options, ton of options outside the Big Ten. Point is, he's going to have them. He's going to have fantastic options in front of him. And I'm going to be rooting for him wherever he goes, obviously unless he's playing Wisconsin on a Big Ten team. But he's going to be a hot commodity right now in the transfer market. And he's going to make a fan base and a team really, really happy next season under center. Other thing about this is that if you're wondering, I, I tweeted out an opinion that I thought Jack Cohn wasn't playing right at all, wasn't coming in the game against Iowa because Wisconsin had gone in the direction of Mertz, and it was very clear, right, that he was the guy for the future. And that's sort of true, right? But apparently, with this timeline, what we heard from Paul Chris this morning is that Jack Cohn did let Paul Chris know 
that he was going to transfer before that Iowa game, so it makes sense that he wasn't played. Even then, we all kind of saw it coming, right? We all kind of saw this coming. The program is going in Graham Mertz's direction. Jack Cohn is kind of a forgotten man at that point, and he's gonna he's good enough to play and start somewhere and be really, really good doing it. So it makes logical sense for both sides, and it makes sense why he didn't get in the game, right, for the last few weeks. He was already planning on this for a while. It all makes sense, but we're still sad to see him go. I'm sad to see him go. The moments, we'll never forget, right? The run, Captain Jack, as Gus Johnson said, against Ohio State. Moments like the Minnesota game where he was on another level that that day. He was on another level to get Wisconsin the axe and to get Wisconsin to the Big Ten championship game. Moments like the Michigan game, that run uh, that we all will remember at home against Michigan. There, there were a lot of fun Jack Cohn moments. And he was nothing but class this whole time, this whole year. He was nothing but class. He was a huge part of this team, guys, on the sideline. Paul Chris kept saying it. He wasn't a coach. He was just a guy that led, even off the field. He was a guy that led this football team, even while he wasn't playing this year. Nothing but class, nothing but respect that I personally have for Jack Cohen and that I know the Badger fan base has as well. So Wisconsin football is headed to the Duke's Mayo Bowl. What in the world is Duke's Mayo? It's mayonnaise. Uh, it says... On the bottle that it's smooth and creamy, Duke's Mayo Bowl slogan is football has a new flavor. I love that. Love that stuff. Duke's Mayo Bowl, the jokes write themselves. Wisconsin's playing against Wake Forest, an ACC team that finished middle of the pack. 4-4, four and four, had some good wins, had some bad losses, and overall it was an up and down year for them, much like it was for Wisconsin. They finished the year with back-to-back losses after three or four straight wins, excuse me, in the middle of the season. So coming in, trending down, uh, not sure you want to say Wisconsin's trending up, but the Badgers are coming off a win after what the last few weeks have been. Personnel is a big question for Wisconsin. This game will be on December 30th, by the way, Charlotte, North Carolina. Personnel is a question for sure, but this game matters. And this game matters because reps are everything right now for Graham Mertz, for Wisconsin football, for these young guys. Reps are huge. Winning matters. Just playing another game, having the opportunity to play another game matters. So don't think for a second that a fantastic performance in this game for Mertz uh, wouldn't mean something. Wouldn't mean a lot to him and a lot for his confidence going forward next year. Just a solid performance. Not even, I'm not talking otherworldly, I'm not talking against Illinois. Just solid. Would I think do wonders for him. So I'm, first of all, I'm watching him in this game. But this game matters. People out there saying it doesn't matter at all. It matters for that simple reason. Reps confidence off of those reps the amount of reps you get are limited especially this year and every single actual game rep matters a ton and that's why this one matters for Wisconsin football plus a send-off for some guys that won't be coming back and we don't know yet who's coming back who's not coming back Colin Wilder is coming back a safety remember that the seniors here get an extra year of eligibility this year does not count against them so we're not sure who's coming back who's not we're gonna see as the weeks go on but Colin Wilder's coming back we heard rumors of both Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis, both senior wide receivers possibly coming back. They had both of their seasons taken away from them with COVID protocol and injury and both uh, in their cases. So that could be a big story, but it'll still be the last game uh, as a Badger for some of these guys, for Cole Van Landen, uh, for some others. It'll be their last time, and that that stuff matters. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the Game. You go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can get a variety pack of protein bars that taste like candy. 
I mean, literally tastes like candy. You got flavors like mint brownie, salted caramel, caramel brownie, cookies and cream. 130 calories in these guys with 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. That's in most of the bars. Get a variety pack. I highly recommend it because it's every flavor I've ever tried from them. is awesome. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, for $20 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wisconsin basketball, let's close with it. Wisconsin basketball absolutely all over Louisville this weekend on Saturday morning, 85-48 win. So Louisville, I'll start with this. Louisville had every excuse in the book. Leading scorer is out, haven't played in 19 days. They had COVID issues for the last couple weeks. They had every excuse in the book to be flat, and they were flat. But no matter who's out, no matter how many games you've played, a 37-point win against a team that is quality like Louisville, a team that didn't have all their pieces, but even the pieces they had there, this is a quality basketball team. Wisconsin was otherworldly. Otherworldly in this. And there are things that won't keep up. They're not going to go 16 of 25 from three. They're not going to shoot 64% from beyond the arc. It's not going to happen. Demetri Trice and Trevor Anderson are not going to shoot six for six from three combined. Not going to happen. There are things, though, that will translate. Ball movement, body movement, way better on offense than it's been For most of the year. The defense was unreal to watch. Unreal to watch these guys defend in the half court. Louisville couldn't find a thing uh, in half court. They were lost. I mean, mean really lost. Uh, You know when Wisconsin is defending well, right? You got five guys on a string playing man. Everybody has uh, those principles on lock. They know exactly where they're supposed to be and when. They know who's helping who and when. They know how to help the helper. All that good stuff. And it looked like Wisconsin was on a string. It looked like a drill at times. That's how solid they were on the defensive end. Micah Potter led the way with 20. Aleem Ford had 12. Johnny Davis is so damn good. He's so freaking good. I, I As a true freshman watching him, I, I haven't seen anything like him at Wisconsin in the years I've watched this team and been a fan. I've never seen it. Not even close. The way he can create his own shot, he had a play in this game on the left side of the of the floor near the elbow. Spun, did like an inverted drop, or inverted drag, sorry, which is where you kind of take a step forward, have a hard dribble and pull back. And then he spun off of it, stepped back and, and hit a mid-range jumper. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous to watch. His rebounding, his energy. The thing about Johnny Davis is that he combines that talent, right? The footwork, gliding through the air, the athleticism, he combines that with energy and work. He grinds for rebounds. He had six rebounds in this game. That was second on the team after Micah Potter. He had six rebounds in this game. He had more rebounds than Reavers, Ford, and Trice combined because he just plays with that extra energy, that extra effort that is so fun to watch. Wisconsin opening opening Big Ten play 
with Nebraska. And I have Jacob Bedilla on Tuesday's episode to break that all down for you, break down Nebraska, what we're going to see in that game. So look out for that on Tuesday. You're probably listening to this on Tuesday because I'm putting it up Monday night. Then the Badgers on Friday have Michigan State on the road. That's going to be a ton of fun. Michigan State, by the way, got rolled by Northwestern. Uh, did not see that coming. Did not see that coming at all. Got rolled by Northwestern and Boo Booey, who had 30 points for the Cats. That was nuts. So the Big Ten is going to be crazy. The Rutgers-Illinois game yesterday was awesome. Rutgers beating Illinois at the rack. The Big Ten is going to be insane. Wisconsin starts their conference season on Tuesday, and then again, they match up with Michigan State on Friday. As always, on Wisconsin, it feels good to win.